Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. I'm so glad to be with you guys tonight. Um, I love this church. This is my first time being with you, but I've been with your team. I've been with your pastor, uh, Chris and, and Nikki and your team. And um, it's, just, it's just incredible. And I think you are a reflection of what I see in your leadership. The, the, the love for God and the love for the kingdom and to expand the kingdom of God together is just, is just incredible. So thank you guys so much for uh, giving me the honor to share this moment with you guys. So I'm so glad to be here and I'm so thankful for Pastor Chris and the team for trusting me uh, with this opportunity to share the gospel with you tonight. Uh, let me pray, and then we'll dive into the message today. Holy Spirit, we know you're here. You're making a way. You're touching hearts. You're changing lives. And we just want to thank you for doing that. And today, as we open the scripture, I just pray that you will speak through your servant tonight, that everything that I will say, God, will point to the resurrected Jesus, that people will see you lifted up and you alone glorified. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen. So we are in a series um, in the book of Jeremiah called Rebuild. And, uh, And I want us to stay in that today. I want us to stay in that today. I had an amazing and wonderful experience a couple years ago, about six years ago, and uh, it was when my wife was pregnant with our daughter. She is six now. And I remember when she was pregnant, we, uh, we went to the hospital for prenatal um, classes, right? So I was, I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I, I had experience being around kids and newborn. And for me, it was like whenever I hold them, I go, oh my goodness, I don't even know how to hold them. You know, it's like, I'm, I don't want them to fall. So I was so nervous that I'm going to have a baby and I will be responsible. And it's not like somebody's baby that you hold and you go, oh my goodness, they're so cute. And you hand it over and you move on with your life. This is going to stay with me. And I was so nervous. I didn't know what to do. So I was so glad that they have these classes available for us to go. And so I went to every single class at Winnie Palmer. And after the class, I looked at my wife. I said, I don't think this is enough for me. I need more. I need more. So we started looking, and there was uh, something in Winter Garden. I think it was, yeah, Winter Garden and Windermere, somewhere around there. 
called Daddy's Dad's Boot Camp. And I registered, I'm like, I need more. This is, this is life. God is giving us a human being. So I really wanted to be ready. So I went to all these classes and finished everything. And I looked at my wife and said, oh, I'm not sure if I'm ready, but look, let's just dive into it. So I called my friends and People that have gone, have children before us, and I sat down with dads, and I go, will you tell me, like, how do you do this thing? And I got every wisdom, and I did all of this to be ready. To be ready because I knew that God was about to release something into our hands, something that was just so beautiful. I knew that the future was going to be different, different in a beautiful way. And I wanted to be ready for the future that we're about to step into. Today I want to speak on this subject, future ready. Future ready. And I want us to stay in the book of Nehemiah because what we see in the book of Nehemiah is Nehemiah preparing the people to be ready for the future they were about to step into. The people were in exile. And now, God promised, even long before through Jeremiah, God said, I have a plan, I have a future, I'm going to prosper you, I'll give you hope and a future. And now Nehemiah is in this season in his life that he's going, oh my goodness, this future that God spoke about, we are just about to step into it. And we have to be ready. We have to be ready. So in Jeremiah chapter, Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, the Bible said the words of Jeremiah, Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. And also about Jerusalem. Verse 3. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. In other words, they said to Nehemiah, look, we are about to step into this incredible future that God has for us. But it's a problem. I don't think we are ready. I don't think we are ready. The wall of Jerusalem is broken. The gates are burned. We don't have a city. We are not ready to step into this. The future was beautiful. But we, we, we must do something now so that we can prepare to step into this beautiful future that God had already prepared for us. So what would Nehemiah do? That is what I want to share with you today. 
I want to share with you three things that Nehemiah did to prepare the people, to prepare himself as well as they step into this incredible future. He did three things to be future ready. The first thing Nehemiah did was praying through. Praying through. In chapter 1, verse 4, when Nehemiah received it, the news about the condition of his city, the condition of Jerusalem, the Bible said that when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah was like, this future is beautiful, but, but God, I, I have to pray through. To be future ready, we have to pray through. We cannot just jump into the future without praying because what prayer does is prayer, draw, prayer brings us closer to the heart of God. Because God is the God of the future. God is a God who knows the end from the beginning. And he knows what the future holds. Because he's the one who holds the future in his hands. So the first thing that Nehemiah would do is to pray and seek the heart of God. He's like, God, will you show me something that I don't know? Because that is what prayer does. When we pray, we're seeking the heart of God. We're saying, God, we want to see your heart. We want to see your heart for the future. God, will you, will you show me your heart for, for my marriage? What does this look like? God, will you show me your heart for my children? Because you know that a lot of people worry about the future. We worry about the future of our children. And we look at our culture and we go, where is our culture headed? And what will happen to our children down the road? A lot of parents are worried about the future of their children. Will you agree with me? But to be future ready, we must begin to pray through. Say, God, will you, will you show me something about my children? God, will you reveal the future of my children? And, and when God begins to show you something about your children, you begin to pray into those things and you begin to claim and you begin to receive those things and you, begin, you, you start speaking those things over your children. You know, some of us, we're worried about the future of our jobs. But you see, when we begin to seek the heart of God, Say, God, will you, will you show me something? You know, listening to Pastor Chris last week, he said something when he was in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 7. He said, after Nehemiah finished building the wall and the city gate, he went back to God and he prayed and he said, what is next? And God put something in his heart. So when we begin to seek the heart of God, God will put something in our hearts. And I love to, I love to sit with people that go, you know what, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm moving into this because this is something that God just put on my heart. And I cannot just walk away from it. Because God placed this right here. 
You know, some of us are in this kingdom work, not because it's, it's, it's something that you wake up one day, you go, oh my goodness, this is fun, I want to do it. No, you're doing this because God put it in your heart. Most of us that serve here, we are serving because, not because of Pastor Chris, not because of, of, of anyone, you're serving because God put that on your heart. And he put it on your heart because you first seek him. So Nehemiah would go to God all the time. He said, God, look, the future is beautiful. But I want to see your heart. And he would pray. And he prayed through. Prayer causes us to seek the heart of God. And we don't pray because we love prayer. We don't pray because we love prayer. We pray because we love God. You see, our church, just, we just went through 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and I love to meet with people. And when I meet, you know, I meet at coffee shops and we'll have snack and we'll have, my, my drink is chai tea latte with two shots of espresso. And if I want to be calm a little bit, I'll do one shot. But most of the times I go with two shots of uh, espresso on it. And, uh, and I go to the um, coffee shop in downtown Winter Garden. And some, some of the people there, they know me. And sometimes when I, just before I walked in, they would start making my drinks. And sometimes I would have to tell them, oh my goodness, thank you for making that, but I'm not drinking coffee today. You know? And I love to meet with people, and, and through our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I would go to a meeting, and somebody would have a nice food and nice drink, and I would sit there, and I would be watching. And I'm going, that looks so good, God. I really want that. You see, we don't pray and fast because we love to pray. We pray and fast because we love God. And we love him so much that we want to know what is on his heart. You know, I don't give, give up my food because <laughs> I love to. I do it because I just, I, I love God and I want to, I want to seek God's heart and I want to know what is on his heart. So Nehemiah will pray through to be future ready. The second thing that Nehemiah did was planning through. Planning through. See, there's been four months from Nehemiah chapter one to Nehemiah chapter two. It's been four months when his brother came from the city and told him about the condition of the city. Now in Nehemiah chapter 2, Nehemiah would go to the king and the king would notice something about Nehemiah. He would say to Nehemiah, something is wrong. Why is your face downcast? Why are you sad? This must be sadness of heart. So what is Nehemiah doing from the, death, from the time he received the news about the condition of the city to this point when he came to the king. Four months, what is Nehemiah doing? Nehemiah is praying, but he's also planning. We can see that in Nehemiah chapter 2, 
from verse 4. The king said to me, what is it you want? What is it you want? Then I pray, hear that again? Nehemiah will seek the heart of God. Then I pray to the God of heaven, and I answer the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah, where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. Verse 6. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take? These are questions that man, you have to plan to come up with answers like this. Now you cannot go to the king and go, um, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, what do you want me to do? Nehemiah was planning. He came to the king with a plan. How long will it take? So then I pray, and I set a time for the trip, how long it will take. And then verse 7, I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. Nehemiah is specific about the things he needs in order to prepare for the future that they were about to step into. So let me have letters. And then he said, verse 8, I may have letter also to Asap, keeper of royal park. So he would give me timber to make beans for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And he went on, he said, because the gracious hand of God was on me, the king granted my request. Nehemiah came to the king with specific plan. There's a common saying that failing to plan is planning to fail. And most time, I don't know about you, but for me, I go through these seasons where I'm totally into planning and I forget to, pl- to pray. It's like I plan everything and I plan and I plan and I don't give time at all to pray. Or then I go into completely praying and I (laughs) totally neglect to plan. It's like we are pulled within these two extremes where we pray and don't plan or we plan and not pray. But Nehemiah understood the importance of praying and planning. You know, praying is where we said, God, you're sovereign. God, you know you knows the end from the beginning. God, you know the future. You know what we're about to step into. You know the future of my children. You know the future of my job. You know the future of my health. 
God, you know all of these things. Prayer brings us to that place where we acknowledge the sovereignty of God. Planning said we have a responsibility as well. So acknowledge the sovereignty of God, but also acknowledge human responsibility. I will go, God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do on my side? Nehemiah prayed and he planned. And because he prayed and he planned, he was very specific in his ask. You know, my daughter is six, my son is three. My daughter had a dental appointment, so my wife, you know, sometimes it's, my house is divide and conquer. Um, you know, we cannot do all things, so one is doing something else, the other person is doing something else. So my wife took my daughter to dental appointment, and my son looked at me and said, Daddy, it's boring to be home. And I'm like, okay. That, is, that doesn't sound good, but, well, you're telling me I'm boring. And he said to me, let's go to downtown Winter Garden. So I took the keys, and I'm like, okay, let's go. We got to downtown Winter Garden, and he said to me, he said, I want cookies. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I'll get your cookie. And he said, but can we go to Rosalie Cafe to get a cookie there? And part of me was thinking, I love this. I love this. I love that my son is very specific about what he needs or what he wants. You see, many times, I don't know about you, but sometimes I will go to God and I will say, God, you know, whatever you have for me. And God is like, come on, my son, can can you be specific? Just, Just speak to me. Let's have a conversation. Just tell me what is on your heart. I already know what is on your heart, but, but you saying it makes me happy. You saying it makes me feel like you believe in me. You saying it makes me feel like you want me to be a part of whatever is in your heart. And my son just reminded me that sometimes it's really good to be specific. And I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes lack of being specific is actually lack of faith. Because I'm like, okay, what if I say, God, this is what I need. And that is not what God actually wants for me. But God is big enough to handle that. Like God is big enough to say, William, I know that is what you're asking for, but that is not good for you. And I won't give you that because it would destroy you. Sometimes it's good to be specific. And planning helps us to, be, to do that. Planning also helps us to clarify our mission. You see, because Nehemiah planned, when he came to the king, he was very clear about his mission. In Nehemiah chapter 2, Verse 5, Nehemiah said, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried. And this came so that I can rebuild it. 
And Nehemiah was very clear. He said, the reason I am moving, the reason I'm going to Judah is so that I'll rebuild. Do you know your soul that? Do you know your soul that? Will you articulate your mission? Will you be able to say, I- I'm alive today, so that? Will you be able to say, I, I, am, I am here in this church, so that? What, what, what is your soul that? Nehemiah was very clear about his mission. It's like, I want to go so that I can rebuild. And each one of us, we're here today so that you can advance the kingdom of God in our city through the ministry of Horizon West. And your so that may be different. Some of you, it could be so that you will serve in the children's ministry. Some of you, it could be so that you will be in the tech department. Some of you, it could be so that you can be in the parking lot. Some of you, it could be so that you can bring your business wisdom into the planning. Some of you, it could be so that. Do you know you're so that? Planning helps us do that. Planning also helps us to steward our time, treasure, and talent well. Because Nehemiah planned, if we look at Nehemiah chapter 3, you see 10 gates were rebuilt. And in these 10 gates, you read different names. People were positioned at different places as they were building, and they were building these gates together. It takes a lot of planning to do that. To say, you go to this gate... You go to this gate, you go to this gate, you go to this gate. You see, we steward our time, treasure, and talent well when we plan. Number three, what Nehemiah did to be future ready was pressing through. Pressing through. In Nehemiah chapter four, You see, when the kingdom of God is advancing and the gospel is reaching all the corners of our city and lives have been touched and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, the enemy will attack. That is something that we need to know. That whenever light advances, darkness Get upset. Like the enemy will not be happy. And Jesus spoke about that too. Right? The enemy will not be happy when, when he sees the kingdom of God advancing. And Nehemiah saw that. As he rallied the people to rebuild the city. In verse 7 of chapter 4. The Bible said, but when... Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repair of Jerusalem walls had gone ahead. 
and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed. See, Nehemiah will go back to praying through. We prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet these threats. Even in the mix of opposition, Nehemiah kept pressing through. He never gave up because the future was critical. The future was beautiful. He did not give up. So how do we press through today? How do we press through today? Well, Paul gave us an answer in Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10, Paul said, and I'm going to read this. He said, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. You see, if we are going to press through and step into this incredible future that God has for us, we're not going to do that from our own strength of our own power. Paul said, we must be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And then he went on to say, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. And he goes, for our struggle, our battle, our fight, the things that will hold you back from stepping into the future that God has for you, the things that will wrestle against you, stepping into the future that God has for you. He said, these things are not flesh and blood. We wrestle against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And he said, now that you're aware of this, now that you're aware that the enemy is going to advance against you because there's this incredible future that God has set before you and the enemy is going to come, he said, now that you're aware of this, now that you know that the battle is not against flesh and blood, he said, therefore... Verse 13, put on, not your strength, put on, not your wisdom. He said, put on the armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with the feet fitted with the redness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up 
the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And then he said, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is how we press through. That is how we press through. And essentially what, Jesus, what Paul is saying here is put on Jesus. Put on Jesus. Because Jesus is your victory. Jesus is your power. Jesus is your strength. Jesus is your all in all. And we cannot step into this incredible future without Jesus, isn't it? So let's keep praying through. Let's keep planning through. And let's keep pressing through. Because there's an incredible future that God has for each and every one of us. And tonight I want to end with praying for us. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today. You look at the future and you go, man, I don't know. It could be the future of anything. Your health, your children, your job, your relationship, the city, the world. What is that? He says, as a child of God, we know that our future is in the hands of God. And I want to pray with you tonight. But also I want to pray, maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Or you're listening online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want to encourage and I want to let you know the most incredible thing that will ever happen to you. The best future that you can step into is stepping into a relationship with Jesus. That will change your future forever. And I want to say a prayer with you as well. And if you said that prayer, if you said tonight that Jesus, I give you my life, would love to connect with you right after church. We'll be here and you can step aside after we dismiss and we'll be able to talk with you. So let's pray. Father, I'm just reminded again of Jeremiah 29, 11, where you declared your intention to your people. You said, look, I have a plan for you, and this plan is not to harm you, but to prosper you. A plan to give you hope and a future. God, we want to be ready for whatever future that you have for us. And God, I want to be a people that will seek your heart, people that will pray through, people that will plan through and press through as we get ready to step into this incredible future that you have for us. Father, I just want to pray for your children. I pray for all of us here today that God, you remind us that you hold our future in your hands. And we can have peace in that. 
And I pray for any one of us that is here that don't have a relationship with you, but is ready to say yes and to open up their heart so that you can come in and you can be their Lord and their King and their Savior. God, I just want to pray that you bless anyone seated here or watching online that is saying, yes, I surrender my life to you today because you have my future. We thank you for that life and we celebrate that because we know heaven is celebrating for that life too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people say. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.